0: what's going on squad welcome to fit radio the number one podcast brought to you by the team at impact evolution this podcast is actually built to help you improve on that one percent better mentality tune in to each episode it's going to help you catapult your fitness nutrition mindset to new levels of success enjoy the episode Welcome to this episode on FitFlow Radio, brought to you by the coaches at Impact Evolution. The purpose of this podcast is to help you unlock that 1% mentality to help you succeed in your health, fitness, and lifestyle goals. I'm your host today, Coach Andy James, and today's episode, I'm going to be talking about rising from the ashes. This is my story, my truth, my purpose, and the reason why I'm here right now, and this isn't about me. This story is not about me. This story is about you, but I'm going to be telling you my story so that you can gain some perspective and see how I did what I did, how I shaped my life, and that hopefully you take something away from this that's going to help you move forward in your life and regain that sense of self-control and help you start to mold a future and build upon something that you know is it's going to be positive for you going forward. So, rise from the ashes. Let's start from the beginning. And I won't say start from the beginning right at the beginning of life, but let's just say I grew up as pretty standard teenager. Um, I went through life. Um, I wasn't the most popular kid, but hoped I would done one day be. I started sort of with my whole fitness experience when I was around about 13, 14. I found the weights at that kind of age. Um, it was only like your typical standard bedroom training, you know, uh, wanting to be something and idolizing something that I probably wasn't at that point in time. But I just thought, you know, that for me... I found the weights at an early age and it was a form of expression, it was a form of outlet for me. And I think that just kind of helped me. It stacked on a little bit of muscle when I was at school, but nothing that was particularly impressive. I was the guy, I was known as the guy at school that trained a little bit, um, but this wasn't until sort of my later years in leaving. Then uh, I left school, did a bunch of other things in life, um, and then I ended up going into college wanting to study health and nutrition and fitness a lot further. So um, got into, it was college back then, we're talking a few years uh got into started, that's where my studying phases for all of the health and nutrition and you know, sports science and everything else back then started to um have a real big impact on my life. Uh unfortunately, I didn't actually then go through with seeing the through the opportunity that I wanted to create for myself. Uh, at that point in time, the intention was to actually go to the States on a scholarship to study American football coaching. But I had a unfortunate um, let's just say it's an unfortunate growth restriction. Um, I've got Oscar Slatter on my right knee. So that's sort of like over the years of development, it just never really got any better. Um, It stopped me from doing a lot of things and just the pressure in my knee at the point of time wouldn't allow me to go and do the scholarship. So I kind of had to put those plans on hold for a while and I ended up going into an industry Uh, in the motor trade which was kind of like my second love i'm a bit of a petrol head i'm not a bit i am a petrol head i love cars i always have done race cars as a a, sort of a teenage child etc etc and they've always just been a part of my life so i find myself in the motor trade for about 12 years um building a business um i wasn't i couldn't say i was exactly enjoying the lifestyle that i created but it was just something that i was good at so i followed those dreams for a while thinking that that's kind of where my future was heading. And unfortunately, I always knew that I kind of had this deep down feeling and sense of purpose that I wasn't fulfilling something that I was supposed to be doing. didn't really know what it was at the time, but I just always had this nagging kind of voice that really just said, "Um, this is great, but this isn't why you're here and you're not really fulfilling a purpose. So what is it that you're actually doing? And I guess that kind of got me a little bit frustrated every now and again. So I kind of tried to double down and focus on the business that I did have and think, how can I use my purpose to impact the business that I had? And it never really kind of clicked. Um, and then just 2011 just was not a good year for me. Um, there was a lot of things that happened in 2011, which inevitably led to my uh, my breakdown. And this is where you'll start to find me get extremely vulnerable and extremely uncomfortable. Uh, so it led to my breakdown at that point in time. And it's actually... Uh, the reason why it's very present for me at this point in time, because at the date of recording this, at the date of putting this podcast out, it's the 29th of October, 2021. And in precisely two weeks to the date, uh, it's been 10 years since my beginning phases of my health deteriorated and then... I sort of rebuilt everything from there. Uh, what actually happened? So from November through to January, um, I lost pretty much everything. Uh, I'm not going to go into personal reasons, um, but I did pretty much lose everything to the point of I, I had nothing. I was sleeping in B&Bs. I was bouncing around from sofa to sofa. Um, there wasn't really a great deal that I had, and I, it was a very short space of time to try and process what had actually gone on in life to, to really, I mean, you know, things happen. Uh, but it put me in a very bad place and i i remember getting a phone call and i've never spoken about this this is to say this I I remember getting a phone call from my mom and she was like what are you doing where are you um like you you need to make sure that you get some help and i kind of lost my temper a bit on the phone and i was actually i wasn't even in nottingham at the time um and that's where i was living and i was I was actually I was all over the place, literally. Like I, I had nowhere to be and nowhere to go. Um, I just didn't know what to do or where to go. Very quickly, running out of money as well. I wasn't actually earning any money because I'd lost everything, Uh, and I was like, "Well, what do I do? Where do I go?" Um, Had this disagreement with my mom, and it kind of triggered me to come back to knock on the door and, you know, face to face apologize. And I remember so vividly to this day. I knocked on the door. She opened the door, and at that point, I literally broke down. Uh, And it was from that. It was just. I guess it was the opening of the door um somebody allowing me to like you know an open door for me to be able to walk through i think that was the trigger for me to just it just all came out and literally from the point of that door opening um for it was probably going on for like 18 months um, that was the breakdown of my mental health uh, my physical health and pretty much Every single part of who I thought I was um, disappeared. So that door opened, and that door opening was an emotional trigger. Um, I think it was because I could let somebody listen. Somebody was prepared to listen, and she said, "Come in, stay here for a bit, see if you can get you know get yourself sorted out." And before I knew it, I was pretty much bound to a bedroom with agoraphobia. Um, so I had a fear of Going out into open spaces, um, I started to develop panic and anxiety disorder quite severely. To the point where I was, um, I was being being sick. I was heaving. I was over a toilet. Um, I was shaking. I was trembling. Um, There was mood and personality disorder as well. I was, I was up and down. Like one minute I'm thinking I can sort all this out. Next minute um, I'm self harming. To the point where it was like getting quite severe. I'd be biting, you know. Sort of. I, I don't want to go into things too, because I know this is a sensitive subject for a lot of people. Um, but I was self-harming to a degree that it was inflicting pain. Uh, and then on top of that, there was a bunch of other things as well that was quite, quite a, you know, I was, I, I was tested for bipolar and schizophrenia. Um, there was partial signs of both. I was, I was screened to be sectioned at one point. I've never told anybody like, openly about this um because of my health and the way that it was there was a fear that uh, i was either in harming of myself or potentially the the worry of the medical professionals was that i might harm somebody else and i'm not a harmful person i'm really not but there was definitely um an eye opening moment i remember like a bunch of everything was so vague around that time because there was never really I wasn't very present because of so many different medications that I was on. It would leave me very spaced out. And I just remember being sat in a room with around three or four of the medical, pro- like some doctors and GPs and psychiatrists. And they're all discussing like what was the best way forward. And I think at the time from memory, um, I had my mum in the room with me. And there was a discussion around sectioning me for, and it would be for 30 to 60 days because of the, concern they had and it was they either gave me the option of rehabilitation with like family members surrounding me um but being sort of like very mindful and watchful of what was going to happen or being sectioned and then going through that route and they said if you were sectioned it would actually show up on your record um and i didn't know what my future was going to look like at that point in time as well Uh, i guess because i'd lost everything i I thought you know what i'm gonna potentially i would be working in something that might need you know a, a record that didn't show um me being sectioned for mental health. And I've never been quiet about my entire story. Um it's very it is very difficult to talk about, but it's one that I'm comfortable with talking about because I know that it helps other people. But I remember being there in this room and they said that, you know, we're gonna we we suggest it being a social rehabilitation. So a sort of an, an outward patient than an inward patient. And I thought, like, right, okay, so I'm not gonna be sectioned. And I think it was at that point it all, it all became very serious for me. Um, the downward spiral, I was quite accepting of. It was like I, I felt like I I needed to be punished for some reason. And I can't tell you at this very present point in time as to why I felt like I needed. Uh, I think there was just a lot of things that had happened from the triggering of my breakdown and throughout 20, 2011 that really sort of like I had to be punished for something, Um and I was being punished, and then I started. The punishing was then taking a, a level of control over me that I guess right now there might even be moments whilst I'm having I'm, I'm doing this podcast and I have realizations. That I was like, and I might be like, holy shit, that that might just have been a moment. So um, yeah, I, w- I was very aware that I had to I had to start taking things a lot more seriously. Otherwise, potentially there wasn't going to be much of a life left to live. So I was then um, instructed to have a crisis team watch over me. Um, by this point, I'd had like two attempts on my life. I was self-harming. I got panic and anxiety disorder, mood and personality disorder. Um, I had bouts of insomnia. I got agoraphobia. I just felt like everything, everything was being taken away from me. And now, even like my day-to-day functions were being taken away from me. And i remember being sat in the living room with my mom filling out a bunch of forms because i had to claim bankruptcy at the time i had about seven pounds in the bank um i had nothing left i had no personal belongings i was living um, in borrowed you know with borrowed items and everything else um it was just it was a bad bad time it really was and i don't think to this day I could never understand fully as to how I got into this position. I think there was just many, many years of bottled up emotions that all came crashing down, flooding out, and just came to the surface when all this happened in a very short space of time. So I'm sat in the living room and I'm filling these forms out. Some of them, are i would got a social worker there helping me fill these forms out. And at that point, I was starting to really struggle with basic communication Um, i think to this day you'll probably find sometimes that when i'm doing podcasts or uh, i'm in quite a heightened state and i'm talking my my communication might break down a little bit i stutter and i stumble over my words and and it's usually because my brain is running a lot quicker than what my my, my mouth can speak i'm doing it now look because i'm getting a bit sort of i can feel the emotion inside of me building up so I remember being sat in the living room and I remember listening to uh, people talking, I'm trying to fill these forms out and I was even struggling. I was, somebody was having to fill the forms out for me because I physically, I couldn't write. I'd like lost the ability to physically write. Now trying to wonder, I mean, even now I find it hard. I find it very difficult to understand how it happens, but like having your body regress from basic functions where Communication. I couldn't talk very well, and it sounded like not just because of medication, but um, I was slurred. I couldn't put sentences together. I couldn't think of words. I just literally couldn't find the way to communicate. So, I got to a point where I was having to write things down, and then all of a sudden, like writing became an issue. And it got to a point where I couldn't even sign documents properly um, because it was like I'd forgot the, I'd forgotten the ability as to how to do this. And I'm thinking, how. Can you be, how can you go from running a business, living a life and being a person of, you know, I would say i am always tried to be a good person, but not understanding like where life was right now, what it was all about, going through everything that I'd gone through. Um, it was just an absolute mess. And I just thought there's there's no way out of this. Like how do I actually get out of this? There's no physical way that I can get out of this right now. The only, the only way out is going to be the way that nobody wants it to happen. And that's kind of the mentality that started to really sink in. And and I just thought that the only way out was the one that I don't really want to speak about in this podcast, because I know that it affects a lot of people. Um, I had, I've got friends that have taken their lives in the past and Kind of being left in a position where you think that it's a scary position to be in when you can think that the that's the easier decision to make, and that makes me feel uncomfortable to say because I know there's people out there that have thought it, felt it, been there. Um, I've been there as well, and it's it's not an easy thing to sit there and say to yourself that that's the easiest option to deal with right now, and that was the reality that I was facing at the time. And I think there was a. I know I've I've said this before. There's a statistic that I was given by um, a GP that was in the room with me at the time when I was probably in an uncontrollable state from panic and anxiety. Um, I was on, I can't even tell you how much. In fact, I know there was 40 different, there was 40 tablets a day of different types of medication taken three to four times a day. I was on an entire carrier bags, an entire carrier bag, so a grocery bag, full of medication per month. That's the amount of medication that I was taking to try and control all of these things that were going off of my body, and it left me in such a detached form and state that I didn't know what day it was, what time it was. I was on everything under the sun just to try and get my body to function. and I got to the point where I said I had enough. And I knew that there was a, there was a GP, a doctor coming out that day to see me, to run over the medications, to run over to sort of see how I was. And I remember him being, he was, a, I can't remember his name now, um, but I know that it was one that I'd gr- kind of grown up with over the years from being at the local um, you know, GP practice. So I kind of knew who he was from memory. And I remember him being sat on the end of the bed. And he said to me, I'm just going to I'm just going to give you this piece of information and, I want you to process this. I want you to think about what I'm about to tell you. And at this point, um, I wasn't able to see my son. And there was a bunch of things. And he said to me, he says, children are 75% more likely to see suicide as an option in a way out through difficult times when a parent has been in that position. And I think that hits so hard that that was my turning point to say I will not be the reason as to why my son has any, has any reason to consider that as an option in his future. I refuse. If anything, I will be the opposite. I will show him how to get out of this. I will show him every single day that persistence, pain, perseverance, all of these things that we have to go through are part of the journey that we get to create the future that we know we deserve. But it's okay to be in these different states at different times. I will be that for my son. I will not be the seventy-five percent more likely chance that he doesn't live the life that he's supposed to have. And it was, it was at that moment, and it was two weeks before my thirtieth birthday at the time because I remember it very clearly. I got told that statistic, and it upset me. It upset. It still upsets me to this day. Um, so Tyler, I'm going to tell you now. If you ever listen to this. Um, I love you. I'm here. And this is the reason you're the reason as to why I'm here and what it changed my future. I am here because of this. So if you ever hear this podcast one day and you do stumble across this, you are my reason. So I got to a point where I was understanding that I knew I needed to change everything that I was doing. And I know that I needed to change it in a way that was going to take some severe, drastic action. And for me to be able to do that, I needed to start processing what was really going on around me. So That was where I guess you could say the more, the mindset, the reason why mindset, and I think mindset now is used so loosely with people, but people use it because, oh, it's it's your mindset. You're having a bad day. It's your mindset. um, You think bad. Mindset is a lot deeper than what people use it for. Mindset isn't something about how you show up or what mood you're just in. Um, Mindset is, it's mental health. You think about working out your body. If you're not working out your mind in the same way, chances are it's going to lead to an unhealthy mind. Like it would do if you were not working out your body, it leads to an unhealthy body. Now, everything starts with the mind. The mind controls everything. So if you're living in this reality that the mind's created, and it's a very negative, and it's a very downward spiral, chaotic kind of world that you've created, and you've sort of every moment, there's just, it's unthinkable to a way. If you're living in that kind of world, and you're not doing the reps and the sets mentally to help you get out of whatever funk it is that you're in in life, you've got to ask yourself, am I at my peak? Am I sort of where I'm at? Because there is potential because we can all, no matter what age, no matter what phase of life, we can all physically get better. But if we're not doing the mental reps at the same time, how do we mentally get better? And I think it was at that point of understanding that I had all of this physical I had all of the knowledge around physical training and nutrition at this point. And fitness has always kind of been something I've done in the past over my lifetime. That's it's, it's been something that I've had an interest in, but it's never been my cause or purpose. It's never really been anything that said, I'm going to change somebody's life by showing them how to change it. It's just been something that I focused on. And I've fortunately, I've been in, you know, I'd say half decent shape majority of my life. I've never really gone through a bout of being ridiculously unhealthy or anything. And it's just having this knowledge and being able to apply it when it was needed. Now, having a focus like that when you're in a phase of uncertainty is definitely something that you can lean into. But I didn't know from a mental perspective how to go about doing so. And it was at that point I knew that I had to start focusing on the mental side of the game before I started focusing on the physical side of the game. So as I started to, really sort of ask questions to myself and then answer them with physical action, I had to start taking away some of the stresses that were surrounding me to allow me to the mental space to be able to move forwards. So I started to focus on taking one task that was severely holding me back and breaking it down into bite-sized chunks. Like I say, everything in my life at that point in time was upside down. And the fact that I was still bound to a bedroom with agoraphobia was probably one of the most challenging points because a lot of what I needed to do existed in the outside world. And I wasn't physically capable of going out. And this was just developed from all of these different symptoms that I was experiencing. And then the world that it created around it. I mean, I was seeing things, hearing things. I wasn't sleeping. um, Some days for two, three, four days. Um, Some days I wasn't eating. Other days I was overeating. Um, I was on benefits then at that point because I was fortunate to be able to. I mean, that's one thing I'll thank the the system for. Is I was on benefits, and you know, I got something from it at that point with, to be able to try and you know, literally feed myself because I had nothing. I had no money or no sort of backing to be able to do so. Um, I had a theory at the time that I used to buy everything under one pound, and I just think that because I had no money, it was I just used to live on anything that I could buy that was under a pound for a week before I could get you know, some money again and get some more food again. So there was a, it, it, everything was a mess and it was like, right, how do you go about sorting out this, this hell that you've created that you're currently living in? Um, using the reframe from the GP of the statistic that I was given, um, it got to two weeks before my 30th birth and I said, that's it, enough. Enough is enough. And I stood in a mirror, for about 45 minutes, staring myself directly into my own eyes. And all I could see was gray, pain, fear, frustration, anger, disappointment. And I said, and I I remember looking, I remember looking into that mirror right now. I'm physically, I can physically feel the same emotion right now. And I was saying to myself, this is not for you. This life that you are living right now is not the reason why you are here. You are here for a greater purpose. And that purpose is to change other people's lives. This isn't about you. This is about what you represent. You have an opportunity in front of you now to go and show the world what you can do. That for me at that point, my 30th birthday, I said to myself, that was it. I spent two weeks in that mindset of saying to myself every single day, Whatever's going to happen in front of you, it's going to be a challenge, but whatever happens in front of you is never going to be as hard as what you're currently experiencing right now. You've been through the worst thing that you will ever go through in this life. Whatever comes up, you'll deal with. You'll handle it. You've got the strength to be able to do so because you're still here now and you're still standing. Despite what's happened, despite what's gone through your mind, despite who's told you that you should or shouldn't be at this point, regardless of all of that, you have a greater purpose. It's now time to go and show the world what your greater purpose is. And I started with the small things. I started to, to take off the list of things that I could get off the list very quickly. So anywhere I could apply myself, the first thing I started battling day in, day out was the agoraphobia. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, this took me around about, I believe, two months to get from the bedroom to the bottom of the street. The bottom of the street was probably two hundred meters at most uh it took me nearly two weeks to go from the bedroom to the hallway front door and then i'd I end up passing out hyperventilating um I'd black out I'd have episodes where I was like just all sorts you name it it was happening it was like tunnel vision at the time of getting into the hallway i I've got one memory where I remember standing in the hallway and it was like. It's like in a cartoon where the hallway is extending and it's just extending and extending, it's going on and on and on and on. And I'm thinking it never ends. And I, I vividly remember seeing what it looked like. And then obviously you try and try and try and every single day. I was like, it was one step further down the stairs. Well, in most staircases in the UK, it's like there's 13 steps. Between 12 to 14 steps, usually around about 13 steps. I remember I think in my mum's my house, there was um There might've been 15 because it was like a midway landing that returns on itself. So every single day was one, one step further. That was 15 days just to get down the stairs and then an extra few steps to get to the door every single day, to get out the door, to take two steps up the driveway, to get to the end of the driveway. At one point I got to the end of the driveway and I passed out and I had my mom and my sister under both arms, carry me back into the house. And every time I do this, it would drain me so hard. It would take me two or three days to get back to anywhere, any way, shape, or form where I could challenge what it was that I was facing again. But I'd be damned if I was going to let it beat me. And I'd go and I'd try again. And I'd get another one step further, another meter further. And I remember getting to the end of the street one day, and I thought, you know what, I'm here now. And I know the gym, the, the closest gym to me at that point, because I knew I needed a focus. And I just thought, you know what, the closest gym to me is about... In reality, walking, it was around about a 30-minute walk. And I just thought, it's taken me 45 minutes to walk 200 meters. And this was when I was improving. I thought, the gym's a 30-minute walk from here. And that's not at the pace that I'm going at right now. So what I used to do is, and this is why it took me so long to get back into the gym. And I've never told anybody about this. But I, what I used to do was, once I knew I could get to a certain point, of the street, I knew that I had the strength to be able to get to that point every single time. But it was the step one, it was that one step further that was always going to take that next level of energy, that next bit of energy. And how did I get there? You take the step, it triggers whatever it triggers, you deal with it, you go back, you rest, you recover, and you go and you try again. And I did that for a very long time. And I'm talking months to the point where I think it was around about. It was probably a good few miles walk between probably like two to three mile walk to the gym. And I used to say to myself, I used to, there was this, there was a, an open playing field in the area, like halfway between. And there'd always be this point where I'd get to this, this playing field. And because obviously I was still working through things, I, this is an uncomfortable thing for me to talk about, but I used to see things, visually used to see things at that point in time. And it used to scare the living daylights out of me. It used to absolutely, I was, I was so fearful because I knew what I was seeing wasn't reality. But to me, it was my reality. And I knew that I had to sort of get past this and what it looked like. And it was because there was a bunch of trees all kind of like stacked together. And it was just this fear of walking past these trees. And like every single time I was trying to do this, it, there was this massive urge of, there was this flooding, overwhelming sense of how do I get past this? And it was trial and error, trial and error. Some days you'll have good days, some days you'll have bad days. Did it stop me? No. I did it. I got up, I went out, I did it. And I kept trying and trying and trying. And every single time it was one step further, another metre further, another footstep further, whatever it was, I would just try. And I remember I got to the point where I walked, the first day I walked to the gym, all the way, I think it had taken me close to six to nine months, somewhere around in that time frame. Like I say, this was like an 18-month phase from the point of me having a breakdown, having my 30th birthday, and then going through all of this to try and come out of the other side. FYI, it was 2011 when this started, and my 30th birthday was the following year in, in 2012, and then I was still battling this come early 2013. That's how long I was battling this for. And then I remember walking to the gym, and I walked in, I didn't have a gym membership. I had social anxiety. So I had to try and communicate with people to try and get up. And so fortunately there were, it was a council gym and, um, I managed to be able to get a gym membership sorted out. Um, they were very patient with me. And my challenge then was to get into the gym and being around people. Uh, and I couldn't, so I used to go, if I could do any shopping, I would go very late at night. Uh, And there was times where I would go into a supermarket and I would stand there with a basket or a small trolley and I'd just stand against one of the supporting pillars of the building and I'd literally be shaking. I'd be probably crying at some point, trembling. Um, I'd end up just leaving the trolley where it was and walking out because I just couldn't face being in there and there wasn't anybody else in the store. So I was now faced with how do I stand around people? How do I train and exercise and be around these other people that are going to be judging me. And that was the key point. I thought I was being judged. So it took me another two weeks of just walking to and from the gym before I could actually step foot into the gym. And every time I do this, it would wipe me out for another two or three days. So I'd walk to the gym, I'd walk back and then I'd be resting for two or three days, trying to rebuild my strength to be able to say, right, I'm going to try and challenge this again. I'm going to go again. And then I'd walk, I'd get there and I just couldn't face it. And then I remember, one day walking into the gym and it was it was quite busy it was quite loud um music was playing and i said to myself all i'm gonna do i've walked all the way here i've lost all my transportation at this point i got as no, i'm told so i am to walk everywhere and i remember walking to the gym i saw a treadmill and this is one of the reasons if you've ever seen if in fact if you're one of my squad members right now if you're part of um, if you're one of my Evolve clients, my Elevate clients, or my Emerge clients, um, if you're part of the Impact Evolution squad, you will see me on live streams with my hot up. My li- with my hot up is a coping mechanism. It's a comfort thing for me. So you will know if I'm ever in a state of trying to figure things out. Usually first thing in the morning is when I'm trying to get my head straight. I'm always, every morning I do a live with my um, my Evolve squad and every single one of those guys, they've seen me. Um, the guys and girls in that squad, they have seen me at my best and at my worst. They see me with my hood up and my hood down. My hood was a coping mechanism. And I remember my hood being up on this day. And I walked into that gym with my head down, my hood up and some headphones on. I had to have earphones plugged in constantly to try and drown out like external noise that would trigger my anxiety. And I was anxious. I was like on edge at this point. And I walked up to a treadmill and I said, right, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to attempt it. Two minutes. I walked on that treadmill for two minutes that day and then I walked back at that gym. Why did I do this? Because that two minutes on that treadmill was the next step of me being in that gym, trying to make myself, trying to position myself to feel better about the steps that I was taking forward. And I think one of the things I'm realizing these days is the perseverance that I have when it comes down to struggle um, is a lot of people say, how can you, how can you continuously move forwards when you know you've you've done this, this has happened to you. You experienced this. You you know you like. We all have highs and lows in life, and th- just because you've been through these experiences that I've been through doesn't mean that you're never going to have like highs and lows again. They may never be as low as what they were at that point, but you're still going to have them. But how do you stay persistent in pursuing something um, when everything about what you're doing is just kind of telling you to slam the brakes on, turn around, and go and through your head under a duvet for the day? And I think when you've been through what I've been through, it allows me to realize and think that. It's part of the process, like the consistency of how you show up is what really matters. If you really want to see change, you really want to see a result, what you're going to do is commit to yourself every single day and say that what I want, what I'm here for, what I'm supposed to do is way greater than what I'm currently struggling with. And I deserve I deserve to have that in my life. So I tried for a very long time to get into a point where I could walk into a gym, and the gym has always been an anchor for me. It's been a point of, it's been a place that I can release frustration, tension, um, gain clarity, just having that outlet. So I started to revisit all of the studying, all of all, everything that I'd done through my college years. Um, started to take new courses, new qualifications, just to try and have something as a focus. And I begin, I began to sort of, I begin to change my life at that point. But I began to realize that. Applying myself in certain ways was what was really helping me move forward. And by applying myself in certain ways, what he would do is it was showing me the discipline needed to be able to say, you know, the hardest day is only going to be the hardest day. Um, what I'm currently facing with right now is nowhere near what I've been through in the past. So you have the strength to be able to move forwards with what it is you're currently dealing with. It just comes down to being methodical, being calculated, being understanding, sometimes compassionate but just knowing that you have the strength in you to achieve whatever it is that you want. I got to this point and people started to recognize I was off. There was, social media wasn't really too much of a thing back then. Facebook was around, but it wasn't really too much of a thing. Um, I'd removed myself obviously from all social media. And I remember rejoining Facebook and just only having like friends um, or family members. And there was a couple of like people from school, people in the local area that I knew, and people started to know, you know, I was posting, I was posting your typical, like, you know, trying to sort of motivate yourself kind of stuff, but I was posting it openly on there and not really thinking too much about it. And people were watching, people were watching what I was doing and it was starting to inspire people. And I was having people ask me like, how have you managed to change this? What have you done? So, And it it gave me a feeling when somebody was asking how they can change their lives from something that I was doing with my life. And I think it was at that point that I realized my purpose was to help other people change drastically where they're at. And that was, that, that was exactly where what I do now. That was where it was born. I found my purpose to show people how to live a life that they want in a way that they want, um, build it how they see fit. Does this happen in a short space of time? Possibly. Does this happen over a long period of time, potentially, but either or it was all about how I can go and show people how to impact their own lives and take back their own self-power and their own self-control because it's very easy to hand this out and not understand where it comes back. So I knew that at that point people were starting to listen and the feeling that it gave me when I was helping somebody with a bit of advice it's allowed me to make sense of why all this happened. And why all this happened was because I knew that I needed for this to be something. It needed to be, there needed to be a reason that I went through what I went through. They this just couldn't be something that it was supposed to pass and nobody ever learned something from. And this is why I don't talk about this too often because and I know that I probably should a bit more. And all I'm going to say is that if this story, at any point, has impacted you, if it's touched you in a way that you can that you can use, take something from it and implement into your life, or you know somebody else that could potentially take something away from it, please share it with them. Please share it with them because that person, trust me, I was there in that position, in that situation, saying that there was n- there was nobody there, there was there was nothing to help me, there was no way to move forward. And I committed and I vowed to myself at that point in time. And I said, I will be that beacon of light for those that feel like they've lost hope, uh, for those that feel like they've got no way forwards. I will show them what they can produce, what they're physically capable of. All they have to do is be trusting in themselves, commit to something that they want to be able to change, really want to change their lives and not just sort of say it'd be nice, but actually want to go and do it. And just trust me enough to be able to show them that this is possible. If you can do that, you can do anything. If you can use and reframe that hard time in your life and know that it's never going to get any harder than that, you can take a step forward and start creating that positivity. But it's only going to happen by you repetitively and consistently doing the hard things that move you forwards. My purpose wasn't born. My purpose wasn't acknowledged until I went through the hardest phase of my life seeing what I went through understanding where it was leading me and now seeing what I get to do every single day there are times even right now I'm having a realization moment this very second because my mindset's been in a few different places recently and I'm quite aware and I'm also pretty aligned at times but when I'm not explores different places and I forget these reasons. And the reason why I wanted to bring you this podcast today and the reason why I wanted to tell you this story was because the hardest time that you've ever had can be the making of you. Everything that you felt you struggled with, you can use that determination, that persistence to be able to create something positive. It's not the end of if you're struggling. It can be the beginning of something new. It can be the beginning of the best part of your life. But it's got to come down to that point where you make a decision and say to yourself, at this point in time, do I actually commit? Or is there something else that's needed before I can take that first step forwards? Don't overthink it. Because the step forwards that you need might be that moment in time where you just commit to yourself and say, today is the last day that I, I live in this presence. Today is the last day that I struggle. Today is the last day that I'm going to suffer. You can move forwards. I'm living proof, and I'm not saying that there's anything special because of it. I'm just saying that I am living proof that I'm I'm not academic, I'm not theoretical. Um, everything I you know, everything I do, I have to give a lot of effort to what I'm learning. But it just it doesn't mean that you can't progress. It doesn't mean that you can't create something different. Um, it was a very defining, pivoting moment in my life, and I've been doing this now for going on seven, eight years. 2013 was the start of where things started to change and people started to listen and they wanted to know what it was that I was doing that was changing my life. And I've gone through many phases in the past 10 years. And I kind of feel it fitting to be able to summarize the last 10 years. Um, If you've followed me for a while, you'll know exactly what I've been doing over the last five to six years, Um, being an online coach, you know, helping hundreds and in the thousands of people right now with regards to how they can help improve their health, not just their health, but their, their if, I guarantee you now, if you ever work with me, you're not just getting your health changed. I will, I will I will help you rethink. I'll make you rethink the way that you show up for yourself mentally as well as physically. And I think that's the biggest key is that you can unlock the mental health side of things and start doing the reps mentally. And the physical side of things, it just falls into place. And you start to understand that it's it, it, everything works together. It's you're not better off with one or the other. You need everything at a fine balance. And this is why I do what I do, it's because I help people try to find that fine balance for themselves where they can move forwards positively and know that they're chasing something that matters to them. So I just want to summarize. And that's going to be more along the lines of no matter how hard life is and what you're going through. There is a different path, but you've got to be able to choose to take that moment in time and you've got to be able to want to commit to that moment in time and say, this is the last day that I choose to feel this way. This is the last day that I choose to live with this pain. You have an opportunity in front of you. You know exactly where I am if you need any help. But if this podcast helped you with something or helped somebody that you know Just know that just having that perseverance, pass it on to them. Having that consistency, share it with them. Having perseverance, make them see that there is something more out there. Believe me, there is. There is something more out there. It just comes down to how hard you are, how prepared you are, and and willing you are to go and search for it. So I'm going to thank you for taking the 40 something minutes of this podcast. Um, This was a longer one than usual, but. My story does still continue. I'm still rewriting my story every single day. I'm still rewriting my journey, my purpose, my passion. I do this every single day because I know that moving forwards, I'm still nowhere near where I know that I'm supposed to be, but I can only get there with the help and support of people like you as well. So any bit of help and support that you can help with me and my mission to help you change your life, all you've got to be able to do, is just help, share, understand, acknowledge, and hopefully you take one step further forwards every single time I can help you in delivering a piece of information that might progress you in your life. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time today. You can always catch these podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and numerous other places as well, as well as I post them, in, they go live into our fitness community as well. So you're always more than welcome to come and join our fitness community. You'll find the links in my bios, um, So feel free to come and jump in there as well obviously it's an open free fitness community so you can jump in there at any point in time but other than that just remember focus on being one percent better that's the mentality that i bring every single day focus on being one percent better and i can guarantee you now that one percent compounds and life does change i appreciate you for being here and i appreciate you for your support i appreciate you for just being you have an awesome weekend have an awesome day and i'll see you in the next podcast take care Thanks nice for tuning into the podcast today. If you've got value from this podcast, just do me a quick favour. Take a quick screenshot, upload it to your social media stories, and tag me in this at Coach Andy James. That's all one word at Coach Andy James. By sharing this, you could actually help one of your friends, but it also helps us grow as a platform. We've currently got a four-week free downloadable that's going to help you be more progressive, more productive, and more accountable for your transformation. If you pop over to www.coachandyjames.com, pop in your email address. From this coming Monday, you'll begin to receive for the next four weeks a free. Down- downloadable different each week that's going to help you produce a better transformational result i'll speak to you in the next podcast take care thanks for being part of the squad